Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. That is true. This is the Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. It's Monday, May 13th, 2019. He is indeed Tristan, and I am the show's Uber driver, Eric. With us today, researcher and producer, he does it all, Kyle Soppy and editorial watchdog Tom Carpenter. Today's show, the weekend performances and injuries that want your attention, plus pitchers to watch this week, combo meals, closer carousel, and later on, Myriad hash browns. Tristan, hope you had an awesome weekend. Not the, the, the sunniest weekend, but anyway. Man, yeah, that was fun yesterday. <laughs> the rain. <laughs> oh, poor moms. It was hope still a great mothers, Mother's Day anyway. <laughs> it was a great Mother's Day, and I hope everybody called their mother or whatever, sent them something. Um, How about seeing and, you know, their we, mother in person? Go, go a step further even than uh, the phone call. Even that. Them. Give your mother yeah. a hug. Do it this week if you didn't do it on Sunday. And yes. we found out from Twitter, which is awesome, by the way, that so many mothers do play fantasy baseball. Not that I didn't believe they did. I'm sure there are plenty of mothers that play fantasy baseball that listen to this show, just not our mothers. That's what I kind of meant. Uh, but you That's know, totally what you meant. <laughs> our moms just don't happen to play. <laughs> of course there's mothers playing. There's grandmothers playing. Yeah. Um, anyway, before I get in trouble, lots to get to on today's show. Let's just get right to the bus. All right, so Tristan, um, as George Springer was going nuts yesterday, five for five with a couple home runs, I thought, man, like he's not going to hit whatever he's hitting for much longer. And I thought, I don't have any shares of him, and I know you don't have any shares of him. And I looked at the player rater this morning, and I thought, man, is there any more obvious like trade guy? But then I looked at the top ten, and I saw others. So let's go through briefly here. Like, what when we say sell high – Obviously, it takes, you know, two to tango. If you want to trade Cody Bellinger, I don't know what you're getting for him or Yelich, but there's a price for every player. Mike Trout, there's a price that makes sense to trade away Mike Trout, right? I mean, you've traded Mike Trout or somebody like that in your fantasy mm, league before, haven't you? No, I've never traded Mike Trout, but I would have been open to But you to, would. I, I would, yes. It's, it's just that... It never, the situation never presented itself. A couple of times I had him, he had those DL stints, so people weren't going to, uh, you know, entertain the proper value for Mike Trout. But I certainly would. Yeah, at any point, I, I think that every player in your roster should be made available. I think the only time in which you should hold on to players dearly is in the true dynasty leagues where you're keeping players forever and you have a once-in-a-generation type talent. That that would be one where I'm not trading. So Trout. the current top five on the player rater for the season is Cody Bellinger, one, Christian Yelich, two, Adalberto Mondesi, three, Timmy Anderson, four, and George Springer, five. And of that five, like... There's no way Springer's hitting 321 all season. He's never done anything like that before. He doesn't steal a lot of bases. Um, obviously, Tim Anderson, Springer, he's not going to hit for that high. I, I want to point out one thing to you, though, that Springer's speed uh, numbers using the StatCast metrics are slightly up this season. So I'm I'm curious about what we think of Springer going forward. Remember, well, I wrote not to draft him under any circumstances in the preseason because he's such a terrible base runner, terrible base stealer. Uh, do, I don't think the, that's... 
I don't think that's a bad thing to write. I mean, I, I think he, if he wasn't on my do not draft list, it's because of the vet. People want to draft him like the third or fourth round. I can't find that number right now. But like why, you know, his numbers didn't support that. They were drafting a 25 and 20 player. And the truth was that maybe you get yourself a 30 homer player who gets 100 runs, but he's going to give you five stolen bases. Now he already's at four, so he's going to overshoot my stolen base projection. What's the value point now? Well, that's the thing. Like between Monesey Anderson and Springer, who I'm pretty sure you drafted none of these guys in any leagues, who was the most obvious? I did get a share of Springer. Okay. Well, then what am I talking about? Like, because, you didn't rank him well. well. No, you see, we can't just assume that, that we, we are never going to get a share of a player that we didn't draft. I have an Edward Encarnacion share because nobody wanted him in that one particular draft. But for the most part, we were avoiding these players. Am I still avoiding them now? Yeah, I probably am, but I've certainly improved their rank. I sh- I'm sure you have too. Well, so basically the people in your leagues see what you're writing and then don't draft the players. Is that what's happening here? Sometimes. That's crazy. Sometimes. All right, so answer this question and we'll move on. Mondesi, Anderson, and Springer. Rank them in terms of who you think has the best chance of ending up a top 20 player. I mean, we don't have Springer ranked as a top 10 outfitter. I'm quite certain. Between And none of us think Anderson will do this all year, at least in batting average. Mm-hmm. Mondesi is kind of doing what I thought he would do, but the batting average is still too high. Those three guys are top five on the Raider. Who are you selling off first? Uh, Tim Anderson first, just because I think he could his batting average could crater. Uh, unfortunately, I think that, that a lot of people are seeing that coming. I think that there's a greater likelihood that there are still believers that Adalberto Mondesi is a top 25 overall player. Now, he might be that. The problem I have here is that I think he's the most likely of the three to finish in said top 25 at year's end, but I also think that he's going to give you the greatest return. If you're going to get yourself a very clear first two rounds type of talent, if you're going to trade him for Javier Baez, I'm taking that trade all day. Uh, I agree. And, you know, with Springer, I, I don't know for sure that you don't have him ranked as a top 10 outfit, but I suspect you don't. I don't. Give me his, give me his final numbers. He's at 321 right now and he's on pace for like 50 home runs. He's not going to hit either of those numbers. Give me final numbers on Springer. Springer's year end numbers will be, um... I always have a tough time with if this. If you stuff say 260 for the season, that means he's hitting like 220. For yeah, right now. it's, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, tr- the first number that came to mind was 280. Uh, okay. I, I might inch that up a couple of numbers just based on the 321 that's already in the tank. I do think he's getting past 100 runs, but not RBI. So I'll say 105 runs. I'll say 83 RBI. I'll say he gets to 31, 32 home runs. Actually, he might he might overshoot the home runs. That's the one in which I'm 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 curious. He's not hitting as many grounders. His hard contact rate has gone way up. He might hit 40 homers. Have you noticed that the home runs are down in May as opposed to April? It's it's early. It's still only 12 days of, of uh, numbers. But it does seem like the home run rate has kind of settled down a little bit, which hmm. is kind of nice, I think. I, I don't want to see five homers in every game. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, it, so Springer's teammate Jose Altuve is on the injury list now with a hamstring injury. Aledmus Diaz has been handling second base. There are worse options for the next week in a deeper league. Um, any concerns about Altuve long term? Because hamstrings, you know, we need we need him to steal fifteen to twenty bases too. Yeah, I mean, it could put a cap on his stolen base production even after he returns. But I don't think this is going to move him down significantly in my ranks. I'm just a little bit less apt to throw him right back into my top fifteen after he's activated. Maybe he's what seventeen to thirty somewhere in that tier. Yeah, well, seventeen to thirty is an awfully large tier. 
Is that what you mean? Like seventeen to thirty? Like I, that to me, it's like either twenty five to thirty or he's a second round pick. I think more to me, it's twenty five to thirty. So that's yeah, what I, I don't. Say. I Look, just don't. I don't have the value ranges. I mean, because a lot of the 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 elite starting pitchers are in that that range for me. I, I consider that tier pretty close. I think it's almost a fifteen player tier. The best Astro is Alex Bregman. Well, Verlander. Verlander might be the number one starting pitcher right now. Uh, and then Bregman, I think, is a top 10 player. I rank them that way. Yep. Springer and Michael Brantley are currently in the top 10 on the player order. So it's interesting. And the Astros, obviously, are going to win a ton of games in their division and do some great things. The, the other injury here, and this is why fantasy managers can't have nice things, Tyler Glass now, the Rays. It's a four- to six-week injury, mild right forearm strain. I guess that's not awful news because it could have been automatic Tommy John surgery. But um, what are you doing with Glass now? I assume you had him ranked as a top 20 starting pitcher at this point or close to it. Um, you got to keep him rostered, right? Um, but the only the only other top fifty starting pitcher on the player right now that is on the injured list is James Paxton. So I guess it's fair to say Glass now or Paxton the rest of the way because Paxton should be back this week. Uh, yeah, and it's Paxton for me, and it always was Paxton. But I, I did. So have you, him... you didn't have Glass now ranked as a top twenty guy? Nope, nope, absolutely not. Um, I had him close. I, I think I had Why him absolutely as... not. Workload. What am I there missing? Was... Workload. Nothing more than workload. He was on pace already for 199 innings. He won't get there. I, I think they are going to keep him at a cap because it is the Rays. I mean, it, you know, granted, their competitive state and how they can fill the innings at the end of the year comes into play here. But I do think they were looking at 160, maybe at most 170. So there was going to be some sort of workload maintenance. This might actually just kind of bake that in. Uh, by the way, interesting about Glasnow, he had the reaction of a, a fantasy manager. Did you see that? No. What do you mean? He was freaked out about this, too, because of the prospects in the worst-case scenario of Tommy John surgery. So he reacted like we would. Oh, well, everybody would. Who wants to miss a, a whole year and go through that rehab? Right, but, but, but it was it was open and honest of him, and I, I kind of like the fact that it wasn't a worst-case scenario, and this could be manageable. After a month's missed time, he could come back and be great. I just don't think he gives you quite the volume that James Paxton does, but I really like him, and I do think you should keep him. I'm not sure Paxton gives you the volume that you think he's going to give you. <laughs> I, I don't either, but I also think that everybody at the position is questionable after about 12. All right, that's fair. I think I would rather – if Glasnow does return in, like, say, four to six weeks, mm-hmm. I think I'd rather have him than Paxton, but I could see I'll why I'll give you would. a third name then to compare them, uh, Mike Clevenger, who's doing quite well in his yeah, recovery. I have no idea. I, I think right now it would be Glasnow first. Paxton second, Clevenger third, because Clevenger might not return, you know, in June. But mm-hmm. that's it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, All three are very bonus. interesting. Very interesting. Here are some hitters that have been interesting over the past week. Hunter Pence just keeps hitting, and it's a new Hunter Pence. And I wrote an article about him, and then after you read it, you pointed out something that I should have put in the article. So thank you very much. Um, but he did. He worked with a um, an off season coach who had worked with who Justin Turner Justin on like Turner. Mm-hmm. on launch angle. So it's not only that his plate discipline has improved and he's hitting baseballs harder, but he's hitting balls in a different direction than he used to do when he was struggling the last four years for the Giants. I, I've got Pence shares on a couple teams, and I don't want to think it's because I'm biased or because I like him because he's a good guy. But, I mean, is there a top 30 outfitter lurking here? Uh, if he can stay healthy enough, especially in that situation, I, I don't think people realize the huge swing in ballpark advantage going from San Francisco to Texas. 
That is monstrous. We're talking one of the widest splits you can get because San Francisco is one of the worst for hitters. Actually, it is the worst for hitters currently. And Texas, I believe, was two or three on my rankings at the beginning of the year. So if he stays healthy, absolutely, with these changes, this is looking like prime career Hunter Pence. I, I think that it's only valid to question, could he stay healthy for the 162? Rafael Devers got going, three hits on Friday with a homer, and then Saturday stole a base. Michael Chavis at second base, he's still hitting. He had five RBI yesterday. Boston's hot. Their starting pitching has totally changed things around. I've lowered my ERA in our uh, in our office league from like six and a half to like four because of what Eduardo Rodriguez and Porcello have done, and John Lester and Kyle Hendricks. Basically, they were so bad the first three or four weeks, and now they're great again. Um, but Devers and Chavis... If I said either one, I think we did this in the last show, but we'll do it again for those who are just listening. Devers versus Chavis this season. Who would you rather have in fantasy? <laughs> I'm still going with Devers. I guess I'll just go down with that ship, but it's a great question. And by the way, I'm all, I mean, I, I, I think it, it was natural that everybody was all on the, Red, on the Red Sox, even with the slow start. But you got to be all in at this point. They're tied for the best record in baseball in the past 20 days. Devers versus Vlad Guerrero Jr. rest of the season. Uh, I think we can ask that. Yeah. We can ask the question. Yeah, I, 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 we might think it's ridiculous, but people are running away. I don't even as he batted second over the weekend. Yeah, I, I don't think it's ridiculous. I'm gonna stay patient here with Vlad, but this is a this question is absolutely valid. By the way, there's just no stolen bases out there. I can't believe this happened to me in in tout mixed, which I, I fell out of first place quickly. I was up like ten the other day, and now I'm not even in first. I bid on Charlie Tilson. You know I love Charlie Tilson. I had a $60 bid. It's a $1,000 fab, and I spent no money. And I had a $60 bid on him, and I thought, oh, man, that, that's probably a little egregious, okay? Even though I have all the money. All right? Nope. Most other teams are at, like, $600 left. I'm at, like, 975 So I lowered the bid on Tilson from 60 to 30 What do you think happened? 45 oh, 31 <laughs> Yeah. 31 oh. 31 31 oh. Yep. <laughs> it's like they saw your bid. They looked through the computer oh. screen and they could say, yeah. oh, that hurts. Credit where it's due. But I, if I had lowered it to 32, because at 31, I would have lost a tie. If I had lowered it to 32 instead of 60, I get – now, Charlie Tilson could do nothing this week and get demoted again. But I need steals in that league. It's like the only offensive stat I need. Maybe I should pick up Malik Smith if he's available. Running he's wild in the minors. Up. Yeah, he's getting called up this week too. Seven steals in his first eight games in AAA with 13 hits. Anyway, that's my own story. As I fell, I not only fell out of first in, in town, I fell out of first in labor NL as well. I had, ten, oh, I had at least a 10-point lead there. Oh, I don't no. know what happened. But, yes, I'm in second I don't, place. Do I dare ask about the vampire results? I think I got swept 10 nothing. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> so, not a pretty week. We both got I, slaughtered. <laughs> I, I decided I changed up my strategy. I, I had like four or five closers who were getting a save every three weeks. I dumped them all. I'm just going with starting pitching and hope they pitch. I can't win. And Steels, I can't compete. I do have Tilson, but, you know, Brandon Lau had a nothing week. Christian Walker had a nothing week. I batted like 150. It's embarrassing now. You, did you win? No, I got slaughtered too. All right. I well, lost by more than I got than slaughtered worse. Oh, uh, here, I don't know about that. I lost by – I'm telling you, it was well over 100 points. He crushed me. <laughs> uh, it's not as bad as losing 10 nothing in the head-to-head league. <laughs> so mm. – I look, I'm probably not going to win a week all year, but it was a good experiment. And, uh, you know, we should talk about who's actually doing well in these leagues, okay? We never do that, but we don't have time today. Here are the combo meals for the past couple days. Hey, it's a combo meal! Combo! Combo! 
right, so Will Myers of San Diego did it. We, he, we've seen him at 30-30 or close to it before. Yasiel Puig, Tristan, seven homers and seven steals in the season. And Abisail Garcia, who's not a runner, but he looks rejuvenated. All Tampa Bay players do look rejuvenated, basically, when they go there. Anyone of interest here? I mean, we would rank them, of course, I think Myers, Puig, and Garcia in a fantasy league. And Puig can't hit, you know, 170 all year. But any thoughts? I might put Puig ahead of Myers, but I, I, I think that's likely the right order. Uh, Garcia, this is a reminder, and we have said this before, that he grades exceptionally well in the speed metrics. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you look at the full, let me give you the exact number, 389 players that are graded for speed by StatCast, he's 48th. Obviously, Garcia, and by the way, he's done this for several years, has very underrated raw speed. Um, is it time to buy on Puig? We've talked about him quite a bit on this show in the past, and I'm not a fan. I don't think he's going to do anything different than he did in Los Angeles, which is miss games, hit for a, you know inconsistent batting average, run when he wants, and then not. But have I underrated him? Uh, I, I think that you and I gave the appropriate conservative projection for him in the preseason, and I would say that now, because of the slow start, he actually is a buy. If you look at the BABIP, I think it was 238. Let's get the... Yeah, 238 for you. Um, and pretty good numbers in terms of the power and speed. And by the way, the batted ball metrics are suggesting that there is some growth coming. All right, after this read, it's relief pitcher time. But by the way, I love that Dollar Shave Club has everything I need to look, feel, and smell my best. What I love even more is the fact that I never have to go to a store. That's because DSC delivers everything I need right to my door, and they keep me fully stocked on what I use so I don't run out. Here's how it works. Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to get ready, no matter what you're getting ready for. They have you covered, head to toe, for your hair, your skin, your face, you name it, they have it. They have this new program where they automatically keep you stocked up on the products you use. You determine what you want, when you want it, and it shows up right at your door from once a month to once every six months. Now, DSC's toothpaste, fantastic. It's a peppermint flavor, lasts for a long time, gives you fresh breath like you wouldn't imagine. I use it. It is fantastic. And the best thing is, I never run out, and I never have to think of going to a store to buy more because they just deliver it right to me. Plus, with their handsome discount, the more you buy, the more you save. Right now, they've got a bunch of starter sets you can try for just $5, like their oral care kit. After that, the restock box ships regular size products at regular price. So what are you waiting for? Get your starter set for just $5 right now at dollarshaveclub.com slash FFB. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash FFB. The Closer Carousel. All right, Tristan, let's talk about those Atlanta Braves because I don't think either of you either of us think that Luke Jackson is going to get like 20 saves this season. But A.J. Minter got demoted, yeah. <laughs> and he deserved it. He's yeah. walking everybody, and I don't see any end in sight to that. So the the amateur draft is coming up in three weeks. After that day, Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel can sign and not cost their new teams a draft pick, a good draft pick. So maybe Atlanta goes back to Kimbrell. They should still be contending in the NL East at that point. But I ask you this, and I know you gave me the answer in the past, but why can't Luke Jackson get 25 saves? Mm, it's it's a good question. Uh, he, he certainly could. Uh, what I don't like about him is just that the numbers are kind of 
sneak, uh, you know, speaking to an anomaly here, he's throwing an unbelievable amount of sliders. Nearly 60% of the time, that's what he throws. So he's kind of a one-pitch pitcher. Uh, ground ball rate's nearly 70%. I don't know that he can sustain that. His minor league numbers just don't suggest it. Uh, and he did finally give up a run. I think it was two appearances ago. So I, I do think there's regression coming, but there really isn't anybody else. So not sure what, where right. to go there. There are a bunch of teams right now with unclear situations. I had all of them, apparently, in the Vampire League, and that's why I was never getting saves. But Chris Martin appears to be Texas's closer. I think Roanis Elias is Seattle's because the other guy, um, whose name escapes me, is being Swarzak. used in, like, the fifth inning. Swarzak yep. was used in, like, the fifth inning the other day, so he's clearly not closing. Um, Hansel Robles, I think, is the Angels' closer over Buttry. I think Ian Kennedy is Kansas City's. Steve Cichek is clearly the Cubs' closer, but Pedro Strope could return in a week. Um, all these guys, do any of them jump out to you, you as you have to have them rostered in a 10-team league? Have to, no. I, I think I'm there with Robles because it is quite clear that that's Brad Ausmus's first read in the ninth, and he does keep Ty Buttery to the key spots in the game or the multiple innings. So that's one direction I'd go. The other is... I'm extremely lukewarm on the entirety of the Mariners' bullpen, including Elias, because the problem I have with him is not so much the the stability in the job. It's that he's dealt with injuries recently, and it was reported that way, and he hasn't pitched that well. The area is near five over the past three weeks, so I'm not sure I want any piece of that bullpen. Have we dropped Jose Leclerc at this point? Of Texas. No, because they did give the hint that he will get some setup opportunities in key spots in the next couple of days slash weeks. I do think he could work his way back in there, but the control hasn't come back yet. I, I think that I'd, I'd stay for now. I think unless I need every last save, I'm not picking up any of the guys we just mentioned. I'd rather just have Ryan Presley, who's going to end up with 65 innings with a .79 ERA this season. I, I and, and three saves. That might be better than rostering Chris Martin for a 4.20 ERA and 12 saves. I just can't pick up the, any of these players. I kind of like where you're going, but I've got two challenge questions for you then. One is that it is extremely difficult to fill saves at all at this point because of how many bullpens are either questionable or going yes. to committees. So does that influence your thinking? That's, that's part of my Robles argument. The other one, too, uh, uh, on, on this one is I want to bring up Shane Green. Again, the AL's leader in saves. Have you looked at what's happening with Detroit's rotation? Yes, but how does that affect Green? I, I'm concerned that the Tigers, as a team here on the pitching side, are going to crater in the upcoming weeks, and that they're going to they're going to they're going to start to Marlin soon, and there's not going to be any save chances, is what you're saying? Yeah, and and I do worry that when the record goes south, we're going to start hearing the Shane Green trade rumors again, and that puts. Yeah, but his... what what contender is trading for Shane Green? Over, like, someone else's Ryan Presley. I, I don't understand that. Like, nobody thinks Shane Green is a top 10 overall relief pitcher in real baseball. He might be, he might end up a top 10 closer with 45 saves, but that doesn't mean he had a good season. Like, do you think the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Dodgers are trading for Shane Green? I don't. Perhaps not, but he is pitching better this year. There's, there's a little mm. shifting in the skills. I, I don't think, it, he's not a great pitcher, I don't think, but. I, I think right. there's. I think a contender could use him. You know who's a great pitcher? Hyunjin Ryu. At what point do we have to? He has like a 170 ERA since the start of last season. In May so far, 25 innings, nine hits, one run. Uh, he gave up nary a hit through seven innings yesterday against Washington. Not the best offense, but still a decent, you know, middle of the pack offense. You know, we we don't think Ryu's making more than 
25 starts maybe, but if he makes 25 starts with an ERA of 180, he's going to win the Cy Young Award. At what point do we have to rank Ryu in our top 20? Oh, geez. That's going to take at least another dozen starts for me. Um, but why? Like, we if, say we have guys like – if we have guys like Paxton and Tyler Glass now ranked in the 18 to 22 range among starting pitchers, is Ryu going to really pitch that many fewer innings? And aren't they going to be better than those guys? I, I, I mean, I get it. I I'm see, there. I see where you're going with that. But the the injury track record just cannot be ignored with Hyunjin Ryu. I mean, he – I'm, I'm going to get that number for you. It's uh, He's tied for the major league lead in DL stints in the past five years. Seven of them. Seven DL stints. He's missed nearly 450 team games over that period of time. That's an unbelievable injury yeah, track but- record. He's Rich Hill. He is the new Rich Hill. No, he's the new Kershaw, Tristan. He's a guy who is going to end up a top five fantasy starter in 24 starts like Kershaw the last four seasons. That's what he's going to do. I don't agree. Kershaw missed about 150 games during that time. It's not, they're not the same. I see where you're going, but I don't, so give me the, give me the overall starts this season for Kershaw, Ryu, and Hill. Do any of them make more than 25? I think Kershaw could, and I'd say he'd be the most likely, and I'd say that Ryu all put ahead of Rich Hill at this point, but they're going to be close. We're looking at like 24, 22, and 19, 18. Okay. Um, briefly on the schedule, because I went too long on the first half of the show, ESPN Plus today has, weather permitting, the Yankees uh, hosting Baltimore. ESPN has the Phillies hosting the Brewers. The schedule starting pitchers for these this game. Look at this. Aaron Noah, really good, top 10 starter. Yeah. And then it's Freddie Peralta, David Hess, and Jonathan Loizaga, who I pronounce wrong, but I shouldn't because people get upset at that. It is Lasagna. 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 But can you make any case... I mean, Loisaga against Baltimore, I think you can make the case. I don't want to make the case for Peralta, and I know you won't. Can you make the case for Loisaga? Yeah, I I won't for Peralta. Peralta's been better, by the way, being the follower, and uh, he's not here. I can make the case for Loisaga. I'm not going to spend the cost for your roster in order to risk a guy who could have his game washed out. Now, granted, I will say that based on where the weather is right now, that game will probably get washed out in advance. But, yeah, I don't think I don't think Brewers and Phillies are playing either. Watch, I don't know about the Midwest with Detroit and Chicago, but there might be like four not games today. Not as risky yeah. out Midwest. Um, Mike Fires on the mound at Seattle. First start since the no hitter, and you know, like we've talked Fires a lot on this show in past seasons. He he's only the number nineteen most added pitcher in ESPN leagues, which I found shocking. I thought he'd be like number five, but against Seattle, and then later in the week, I think it's Cleveland. You gotta go with him. So. Yep. I'm in. Is it Cleveland? I'm in. Yeah, I believe. Tuesday, Tuesday there is a day game at the White Sox, and there might be more because of rainouts today. So just be careful. Like the Phillies Brewers, they could do a doubleheader, you know, if they – I don't see how they're playing today. But ESPN Plus has – wow, this matchup is awesome. Chris Paddock at Clayton Kershaw. We just talked Kershaw. We've talked Paddock quite a bit. Um, Like who is a more obvious sell high between Paddock and like Tim Anderson? Can you even, like, put those two together? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I like the direction of this. I'm, I'm, I'm Anderson. I, I, I think I would rather reap the rewards of what Paddock will offer you over the next two to three months than risk Anderson falling apart tomorrow. I agree. I think people that sell on Paddock, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but even if he gives you four and a half months of awesomeness, take the four and a half months. Okay, like yeah. same with Paddock and Hyunjin Ryu are totally different. One's a, an unbelievable right-hander with stuff. 
The other is like a portly lefty who's just getting everybody out. They're different ages, different durabilities, and right. I don't know if either make 150 innings. But you, 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 it's hard for me to not put Paddock and Ryu and my top 20 starting pitchers right now because I just want four and a half months of awesomeness. Right. And I don't blame you there. That's a strategic angle. I completely get that, that they have that kind of potential. Um, Pat, Paddock, this, uh, I recall that somebody had tweeted at us and asked about a question of Paddock being traded for Mike Clevenger. And I thought it was an excellent point to be made here. I think it's too risky to do something like that. But if you're going to make the trade for him on the day that Clevenger is scheduled to return and take the risk before you see him on the mound after his activation, or James Paxton, for example, that's a trade I would make. But I want, I want money in the bank today if I'm trading Chris Paddock. Uh, Joe Musgrove on the mound Tuesday at Arizona. Man, that's changed quickly in the last couple of outings. Uh, be, be aware, be, beware of Joe Musgrove. You can even make the case for Luke Weaver over him, I guess, at this point. Um, anything else? Brandon Woodruff striking people out at Philadelphia. That's kind of interesting. Wade Miley doesn't strike anybody out, but he keeps pitching well, Tristan. He's at Detroit. I've got Miley on a team. I don't remember which one. I have too many teams, but Miley's never getting lit. I kind of like that. Yeah, so he's okay. Just not Wednesday. No case, but he's okay. Yeah, Wednesday on ESPN, Michael Waka, who I have no shares of and don't want, against Mike Soroka, who I love. Uh, you got to roster Soroka. Soroka could be like Paddock, too. He's probably not going over 150 innings. Soroka's another um, injury question, but the talent is absolutely there. Yeah, he fits in that discussion. Uh, ESPN Plus has Mike Miner, who is legit, against the Royals. I just watched their offense this weekend. Not exciting. They run. But they also get caught stealing. You know, it was weird. Uh, they just kept yeah. running, even when they were way down in the game, and it uh, didn't matter. Um, i got to check the steals grade. I mean, check, I'll tell everybody who's listening, check the forecaster. It's going to give you the steals grades. But that would that would be the only concern I'd have with Miner and the Rangers in Kansas City. All right, after this, it's hash brown time. All righty. I assume there's some questions. What do we got? There's always questions, Eric. You know that. You touched on Musgrove, so we might as well just continue the conversation. Nick wants to know if he's closer to the part we saw in April with the sub-2 ERA, or more like what we've seen this month, over 20 ERA. Obviously, he's not a 10 ERA guy, but is he worth rostering? Um, Rest of the season, Tristan. I could see Joe Musgrove having like a 365 ERA, uh, 8Ks per 9. I guess he could win double-digit games the rest of the way. Unlikely on that team, but... I like Joe Musgrove. I liked him before the season. He's he's neither the 164 pitcher nor the 20.65 pitcher. Mm-hmm. But overall, like the rest of the season, 365 ERA, I can deal with that. I could see that, yeah. And, I mean, specifically answering this question, the these are the polar extremes of his performance. The good one is the one he's going to be closer to. That's just the mathematics of it. But I like your projection. By the way, the FIP on him is uh, 296. So it's better even than it was last season. The only real knock I have on Musgrove is that he's not an elite K guy. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. I, I think there were people who wanted to, to call him a top 20 guy. I think that was a little too aggressive. I agree. But, like, I'm in a league where I was looking for strike individual strikeouts. And all the strikeout guys scared me too much that were available. Like Ronaldo Lopez, who's a two-pitch, two he's a two-start guy this week for the White Sox. Yep. I couldn't move myself to add him in a league in which ERA and whip could I could drop ten spots right away. I just I just couldn't do it. Um I like Caleb Smith, but he ain't finishing with a two eleven ERA and he probably isn't even winning ten games. There's risk there. 
Uh, Woodruff. There's a lot of risk on Woodruff continuing with his ERA where it is now in the, like the mid-fours. Mike Miner's ERA ain't staying where it's staying. Julio Tehran is an ERA in whip risk. There's a lot of strikeout guys. John Gray, we haven't even gotten there. That scare me. Yeah, which is fair. Uh, the one out of those that surprises me you won't buy and just enjoy what you get for now is Smith. That surprises me. I. You're right. He fair. belongs. I think he's another one who, on the high end when he's healthy, belongs in this Paddock and Ryu conversation. He's not... Not necessarily as good as those guys, but I also don't think Whoa. he's... What? That's that's saying something. You, you're putting him with Paddock and Ryu? Right. But you, Smith? Then <laughs> you didn't hear my second line. <laughs> I didn't need to. I, I interrupted you because I didn't want to... <laughs> no, I know. But my second line was he's not quite as good as those guys, but it's the same kind of pitching stock, I'd say. I guess. I, I just... Yes, the numbers are spectacular right now for Caleb Smith. But, like, I, I've been dealing with Aaron Sanchez in more than one league. And yesterday was like, why does that happen? How do you strike out, like, 11 guys in five innings but then give up all these runs? He, 375 ERA, 150 whip. That's what Aaron Sanchez is now. You're I don't a sucker for Aaron Sanchez. You always have been. I, I get it. I, I want to believe in the guy. He's, he's got to have a good career, but... He doesn't have to. Like, a blister could pop up this morning. I just, he scares me. Anyway, what's next? Continuing the sell-high conversation from earlier, Dan's wondering if it's time to move on from Hunter Dozier or if we've got a 30-homer season in the bank. I like him. He he has changed everything, Tristan, in his plate approach. His uh, O-swing percentage has drastically improved. Um, when I look at Hunter Dozier, I see, I, obviously, he's not going to hit 318 all year with a 413 on base. But yes, I do think that's a guy who could approach 30 home runs even in that ballpark. I think he could bat like 280 rest of the year if he continues to not swing. He he and Michael Franco, now Franco's already changed off this, but the O swing percentage, I'm looking at that specifically. Dozier's not swinging at those pitches that are outside off the plate that bounce up there, the sliders that go away. He looks a lot different and he looked fine this weekend too. Like the strikeout rate is fine. I like Hunter Dozier now. Yeah, and I like that you're using the O swing here because that is, when I mentioned chase rate, it's identical. So people who are familiar with the Fangrass, you know, the data that's available, that's that category. And he's made, as you said, a huge improvement in that. It's nearly 11 percentage points. Typically, you see a five-point swing over the course of a full year for an everyday player. But he looks a lot to me statistically like the player who was in double A ball. This is the Dozier prospect in double A, which is, I'm, I'm thinking, four or five seasons ago. The only concern I have, I feel like this might be Yonder Alonso-ish. Remember the Yonder Alon- uh, Alonso? That was a first half, second half thing, though, right? I mean, he, Alonso, he was why not... do you think that that, that okay. would change on Dozier so quickly? Because there's going to be some regression of the mean involved here. When a guy makes makes adjustments like this, the, the, the league adjusts in turn. If you want to use Justin Smoke from the very same season as the Alonso example, I'm perfectly fine with that. Smoke was great until September, and then he fell apart. But I think there's going to be production. I, I don't think he's going to be a star. Can Do- so Dozier, you don't think, can end up like a top 10 third baseman in fantasy? I, I think he could, but I don't want people to misconstrue that when they hear 30 homers for he might be a All top right. five guy. But he could be Eugenio Suarez. He, and he actually could be that. He, he could. I, and I, it might I look like, ridiculous in two months. but I, I know, but I like that you're... Well, let's be clear to everybody. That's the ceiling. In in that ballpark, compared to Cincinnati, it's going to be very hard to get there. 
But I like right. I like the upside. But I would take him over Michael Franco. Um, I would take him over Josh Donaldson. Um, wow. Wow. I'm not a Donaldson fan. I think he misses time. I think it's a, I think it's a, a 260 batting average. I'm yeah. Well, maybe that's more more about Donaldson than Dozier. Okay. But when I I don't view Donaldson as as a surefire top 10 third baseman anymore. Okay. I just don't. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And and they got, you know, Austin Riley's just waiting. And what I think is going to happen is cuz Austin Riley is in the news now. He's playing left field in the minor leagues. Atlanta could promote him and play him every day in left field and he could be a 25-80 guy soon who I might even take over Donaldson. Like they could DL Donaldson at some point just to get Riley in there at third base too if they wanted to. Like I don't think they're going to push Donaldson. You know, it's a one-year deal. They're not they don't have to be loyal to him. Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't it a one-year deal? Like it, I It just, is. Yeah. That it was the most everything. expensive one-year deal ever, if I recall. Yeah, it was like $25 million or something. And his numbers are fine. His, his plate discipline is better than anything else with Donaldson. He's right. batting two fifty eight with six home runs, Tristan. And when I watch Donaldson play, and I watch the NL East a lot, I just don't see anything there. I think Donaldson's going to end up with like 18 homers and batting like two sixty five, And people are going to have him rostered as a top 100 guy, and I just don't see it. I think Dozier can beat that. So, yeah, I don't think that's crazy at all. But it is weird to say it. If if it's more anti Donaldson, I I can get on board with that. I I I see your concerns. Yeah. You know? I didn't I didn't be- think I thought I believed that until I actually said it. You ever do that? <laughs> like, yeah. It yeah. just I can't believe I actually think this. But yeah, looking closer at Donaldson, there's going to be missed games, a low batting average, and it's not 30 home runs. All right. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites making make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It's as if they're so big. They can get away with not caring about the customer experience. So what if their site's annoying and doesn't have the events you want? Hello, status quo. The real question is how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? Well, with millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there's a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. In an industry that tends to stagnate, SeatGeek decided to stand out from the crowd. They built fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. Now, why is SeatGeek better than the rest? Well, a quick look at the App Store shows more than 50,000 five-star reviews. How's that for customer satisfaction? SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web, then it rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. Finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. SeatGeek breaks down the details. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots are overpriced. And every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code FFB for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code FFB for $10 off your first purchase. All right, what else we got, Kyle? All right, we got... Mark wants to know how much are you buying into what Lucas Giolito is doing recently? Four earned runs over his last twenty-two innings pitched. Yeah, Tristan, that's another strikeout guy that I want to believe in, but I tend to be more risk averse than you are. I think that's fair fair to say. And when I see an ERA whip guy like Giolito, and I think, man, he could destroy me in if I have him on my team for three weeks. But you look at the strikeouts and say, man, that, that could be a top 40 starter. So in this case, do you believe that? I don't. Uh, I, I want to. I, Giolito, 
Chilito is maddening just because that K stuff is there. And if you, I mean, look at 2018. Look at the K per nine for 2018. That's going to tell you all you need to know. He's inconsistent in that category, and I can't entirely explain it. It means that there's something up with his stuff where on any given night it's unpredictable, and I don't want pitchers like that. I'm, it doesn't make me comfortable. It's the style of play that I just am not in. But you and I have talked about Giolito on the show, about where he has had these little blips of good performance, and that makes him perhaps a classic Juice the Orange guy. But that's all he is. He's juiced the orange, and when that there's a rind and nothing left, you throw it out. All right, what's next, Kyle? Alrighty, on to the next question here. I I don't know. I'm pro Giolito. I think that White Sox staff's just a little little underrated. John wants to know if Corey Seager's grand slam yesterday is enough to convince you that he's the asset we all thought he was. He's got him in a dynasty league and was discouraged by the slow start. I think he's a little overrated in that I I like Seager. But I think where it's almost like Springer, where people value Seager is just too much. Is he a definite 20 home run guy? Not necessarily. Does he knock in 85 runs? Not necessarily. Does he hit 300? He's not going to steal any bases. So when I view Seager, it's like it's I, I compare it to Springer. I like the player. I like him in round six, but people draft him around three or four. That's the difference. That's what I look at Seager and Springer together. And I say it just doesn't add up the value. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, where was? But the you ADP? disagree. Well, I no. I mean, the first thing I think is I don't. I don't know if the ADP had him at that level. Uh, he is, if I recall correctly, just outside my top hundred right now. I, I want to be the optimist because I think there is a great player there, and I admit that. I'm probably looking at future Seager and applying it today. to today. I do this occasionally with players like this. Uh, digging into the numbers here, he. Did come off a major injury. The metrics aren't backing up the fact that he's completely there yet. The I believe the exit velocity is way down. Yeah, exit velocity is the lowest of his career. That's kind of a problem. Launch angle is leaning a little bit more towards fly balls pop-ups. So something's going to have to change before I'd fully buy in and to him being a star or, or anything resembling a top 25 overall player. Fair enough. What's next? All right, we've got two more here. Sean's got a question. It's regarding four players that have all made massive rises in Tristan's preseason ranks. He wants to know who you're most confident in for the rest of 2019. He's got Jack Peterson, Aaron Hicks, Pete Alonzo, or Fernando Tatis Jr. All right, so a massive jump in Tristan's ranks since the preseason. I can see Tatis because he got called up right away. Pete Alonso, I can see. I think he's a borderline top 10 first baseman. Remember, Alonso's still, still striking out. He might bat 260 for the season, but with 30 home runs. That's like Edwin, in a way. Mm-hmm. And we don't yeah. rank Edwin Encarnacion as a top 50 hitter. Jock Peterson, a lot of power. I can't understand Aaron Hicks's jump, although he is back today, weather permitting. So, just to be fair to Sean here a little, and sorry to do this, but Hicks actually has not moved up my ranks. Um, I didn't think so. He's moved down. It's possible that this is comparing him to the point where he went on the DL and I had to move him down based on the projection. That could Um, be, yeah. Yeah, but but Hicks is an interesting name to include in this discussion because I did look at him as a top 100 overall player before any of this cropped up during spring training. I think from here on out, I want Tatis. I think he has power, speed, could be a five-category guy. Legitimately, a five-category player in fantasy. 
And he might be back this week, by the way. I would not activate him today unless we get word that something's changed and the Potters are going to activate him by, like, the next day or two. So I have him in a weekly. I have him in the Vampire, and I, I don't want to activate him because I just got a zero shortstop last week. Alonzo is Edwin. I think uh, Hicks should be ranked the best. I don't think he's Edwin. I think the power well, What is Pete Alonso going to do different than Edwin? He's going to hit 30, 30 to 35 home runs, about 260. Isn't that Edwin now? He's nowhere near the contact guy that Edwin is. But I like where you're going with the power. I think that oh, so the, you have him under Edwin. Most people would say the other direction, that they'd like him better than Edwin. I, I can't. The two of them don't, to me, they don't contrast very well. Because I feel like Alonso's leaning more towards the all-or-nothing player. And Edwin was a guy who always had the great walk, the great discipline numbers, and made unbelievably good contact so I felt like I'd get more consistency out of him and from that aspect I can tell you that Encarnacion belongs in your lineup first even at his age but I, I don't know I don't know what to make of Alonso you're, you're all in on him uh, no I think I, I I exactly how I described him 30 homer guy with 260 <laughs> I mean but, that's and even that like, do you think he hits 260 yeah I think that's fair you don't think he can even hit 260 I think there's a chance he hits 230 the rest of the way. All right. Well, that's that's a, a minority opinion. Now, they, it may be right, but people love Alonzo right now. They're not looking at a strikeout rate. But that, that's, that's fair. He could hit 230 the rest of the season. I just – I think Edwin could too. That's why maybe we view Edwin differently. That's – but I would rank them Tatis, Hicks, um, Alonzo, and then Peterson's still in a platoon. He's going to be platooning all year. So right. He's moving down in my him. ranks, by the way, for, for Peterson because the, the performance lately hasn't been that good. So he's going to be right around where I had him in the preseason. For me, uh, I'd go one more. Alonzo. You have the same order? Yeah. Oh, you I'll Alonzo go Alonzo, guys. Hicks, Tatis, Peterson. Whoa. You don't, why do you have Tatis below those guys? Because I actually think the th I'm, I'm, I'm not far off on any of those three. I do have Peterson significantly beneath the other three, but I've got all three of those pretty close, and I'm an absolute no on Tatis this week. The last report I read on him, read on him sounded like he's not – his return's not imminent. I think it's a week away. All right, one more. Oh, yeah, that was, that was surprising. Yeah, we've got a celebrity write-in question here specifically for Eric. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That's Kawhi That's laugh. laugh. <laughs> Tom's laughing. Oh, you are. A <laughs> you are a first-rate jerk. Oh. I knew you were going to do something. I thought to myself, oh, he's a nice kid. You are a jerk. That part's still I can't true. Believe. But I'm a nice kid that's a Raptors fan. I, I don't get many spotlight moments here. Look, so I'm gonna take I it. could go on a 10-minute rant here about oh, how no. like, I was a 76ers fan before your parents were born. But go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. I'm not doubting your and, loyalty. Oh, my God. Have you ever Sorry. been to Toronto? I've Have you been, been to, to a Raptors I game? I grew up in upstate New York. Like, Toronto's... I mean, That's I, not Toronto, no, dude. It's a different but country. they're the closest team to me. I'm My fandom's all over the place, but grew up during Vince Carter, and they're the closest <laughs> team to my hometown. So, yes... It's been a long time Raptors. I, how how many times did you go to their games? I've been to five Raptors games. Okay. Oh, I used to work in Toronto. No way. Oh, that's go right. He away. did. He actually did work in Toronto. I, I did do work in that. Toronto for a little bit. Yeah. Well, whatever wow. the case may be, I want Dop to produce Thursday's show. And I want you off <laughs> well, see, the, the funny thing there is Toronto will have a game between now and then. I don't think the Sixers will. <laughs> Go Giannis! Oh my go gosh, Bucks. Kyle! I'm you so, are the worst. I'm so glad we're not going back in a time machine to 04. You, you, this you know how to not kick a football show. Kick I when we're down. You did that. <laughs> well, Ouch. we are done for today. Literally oh. done for today. And and, and there will be 
far-reaching ramifications from the last two minutes <laughs> oh of this show. Oh, my God. But oh before boy. that, on Monday's Baseball Tonight podcast, where everybody's nice to each other, Buster catches up with John Lester and Christian Yelich, plus he and Tim Kirkchin, who literally is the nicest guy in the world, discuss whether the Giants will do whatever it takes to move Madison Bumgarner. Find the show on your favorite podcast app. We are done for Monday. Some of us will be back on Thursday. For Tom and Tristan and Giannis, I'm Eric. Have an awesome week. Everything is awesome. Darkness.